Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> Tonight I ordered a targeted military strike on the airfield in Syria from where the chemical attack was launched. Uh, here's a president who's under incredible scrutiny for his relations, such as they were, with the, with the Russians. And here he is tonight, apparently, we hear lots of talk about it, that there may be military action against Russia's number one ally in the world, maybe, and it's certainly in the Middle East, which is Syria. Uh, is this to cover his tracks? Well, that'd be the way of the dog scenario, right? And, and perhaps... No, I mean, to cover his tracks being, you think yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in bed with the, the Russians? Russians? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And it would distract from the investigation and would show I'm not in bed with the Russians. Russians, You are fake news. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show, terrific show, tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name, of course, is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Ava Blonde. Welcome. Hello. My God. What a, uh, what a crazy week of news. It's one major story after another. We're going to break them all down as best we can, including this uh, gas attack and missile strike in response in Syria, plus all the corresponding tinfoil that goes along with it. And believe me, there's plenty from all sides, it seems. So we'll get into that. We'll take a look at the big Susan Rice story, this longtime game that we've been playing. Uh, uh, who do you believe in the intelligence community? It gets a lot easier when Susan Rice is playing. Uh, <laughs> we, we, can, we can be sure of that. So we'll talk about... What's going on with Miss Rice? Uh, another week, another truck attack. Of course, this time it's Sweden, so we'll discuss what's going on there. Plus a bunch of smaller topics. Uh, my favorite YouTube cartoonist, Saitan Atheist, he's gone. Add him to the list. His his account's been terminated. We'll figure out what uh, what happened there. Uh, it was a, it was a week of triggering for me, or not a week, but a day, because uh, it was equal payday this week. So all the propaganda was everywhere, and I was I was talking to you privately during the week. I was like, I swear I'm not going to dive into this crap on Facebook or anywhere else. Didn't last long, so I have some propaganda to share, as well as some of my personal Facebook disputes that might be entertaining. Uh, plus, um, plus everyone's mad about this Pepsi ad and I don't think either one of us cares at all. So maybe no. we'll talk about that. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. Uh, but it will be all this and more in your favorite hour listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff, especially in this uncertain ad revenue time, which as the title says on YouTube, nothing but advertiser friendly content tonight don't look don't listen to the show just look at the title please nobody <laughs> say anything appreciate our patrons 
Uh, thank you for emailing us. That's beauty in the beta at gmail.com. There is more of the show on the audio platforms. They're all linked in the description for you. iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you find your audio podcast, you can find us if you can't catch the show on YouTube. But at the top of the show, uh, something fun I think is fun. I jumped the gun a little bit this week because we have <laughs> long had this policy of, hey, open door to critics of, of either one of us to come discuss. Well, that policy is being tested a little bit rigorously this week. So yeah. Uh, first, I want to share what sort of started this or what is a component of it. Then I want to share how you found this message from this particular critic of yours. Then I want to share a snippet of the message, and then we'll uh, invite some audience interaction. So uh, we got this. Uh, this is from, speaking of patrons, this is from patron Stan, who got his mug, his Patreon reward mug in the mail this week. As I say, it is the second best podcast mug money can buy. <laughs> uh, no doubt about that. And so Stan gets this mug. And this picture with this mug is part of a video criticizing you that I found because you posted on Twitter and I thought it was delightful. But can you explain how you learned of this? It's totally not because every once in a while I'm like, I'm going to Google blonde in the belly of the beast and see what's going on. See what people are saying about me That's today. That's how you found it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, I figured someone linked you or something. No, the guy only has like 900 subscribers. That thing has like a thousand views and it's because I tweeted about it. Um, but just because of his appearance, I was like, I have got to fucking see this. And then I watched like 30 seconds of it and got bored and, and turned okay. it off. So I try to give you pro tips uh, on not reading comments or not getting lost <laughs> in comments at least because that's, that's a trap. But you go one step further and you Google your own YouTube name. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes okay. I just, I just want to know what's going on. I don't know how you don't read all of your comments. I, I just, I just have to know. I've, I've got to know what people are saying. I got to. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So you find this video by somebody named River Gibbs right. and I watch it on Twitter. Well, I find the link that you posted on Twitter and I dive in cause this looks hilarious and it's as ridiculous as we're going to see in a moment. And then I, I, jumped the gun. I said, Hey, come on the show anytime you want. He actually agreed. He said, sure. <laughs> I know, I know. And then you're saying, Oh, it's too cringy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it would be productive. Um, so I didn't, I, I don't care about productivity. That's, that's not the problem. I just don't want to like set the precedent for any douchebag that does a response video with 20 subscribers gets a show spot, you know? I agree. I can agree on that. So I will admit that I probably offered an invite to this person too quickly However, I will not, I, I will say this is not just some douchebag. I want to play the video because as everyone or a lot of people know, one of my favorite genres, maybe my favorite genre is cringe. I <laughs> love cringe. And this is a cringe Lord if I've ever seen one. So let's check out what River Gibbs has to say. First, I want to note the title of the video. Um, Conservative blonde bimbo degrades women. So uh, no sense of irony, no self-awareness. Do you think he realized when he wrote that? In other news, um, yeah, racist hate N-words. I mean, you might as well <laughs> title it that. Racist hate stupid N-words or something. Okay. So <laughs> let's check this out. Hey, guys, it's River Gibbs, a YouTube channel by the name of Blonde in the Belly of the Beast. Recently uploaded a video called <laughs> Feminism is for Idiots and Uglies. Oh, my 
By the way, you uploaded that what more than a year ago? Yeah, that's it's a year old for sure. Okay. Recently. Recently, yeah. <laughs> My God. This is worse than we thought. You know, you'd think female Trump supporter. You would think that is sort of an oxymoron. Or maybe it's just a moron if there actually is a female Trump supporter. Why is it that the exceptions <laughs> to this female Trump supporter rule are always bleach blonde, white skinny supermodel types? I'm sorry, Ooh. but this is just a drop in the ocean of blonde bimbos. A drop in the ocean of blonde bimbos, but you are sexist, by the way. Don't, I know. Don't what sweet that. world are we living in where it's just oceans filled of, of chicks like me? Come yeah, on. actually, where do I? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that sounds like a great uh, ocean to swim in. You're right. I need to check that out. Take a look at one of her followers tweets. Okay, so this is where Stan comes in. And this actually bugs me quite a bit because it's a rip on someone who enjoys the show. And, and I've, I've talked to Stan and Stan is cool with us sharing this. So thank you, Stan, for everything you do and for your openness on this. Because this, you know, rip us, but to rip somebody who just enjoys the show and to level the accusations or criticism that he does right. bugs me. It's, a, it's a, just so predictable. So predictable. It's an old white guy in his 60s who looks like a creepy pedophile honey don't you know he's just seeing you as an object and as stan said in the comments of this video i don't know i mean if you had to pick one of the two as a babysitter i'd probably <laughs> go with stan if it were my kids i would <laughs> anyway uh this is his his diagnosis of how uh how you see stan follows he doesn't hear what you're saying like how to he him sees your you mouth right. is just an entryway newsflash bimbo not every female is a bleach blonde supermodel who carries a dog in her purse yes there's a video of her talking about carrying a dog in her purse look true um, i have a small chihuahua that i carry in a little carrying case what you're doing oh my god wrecked oh my god <laughs> Newsflash bimbo. Not every everyone does that. Where did he get that you said everyone does that? You're just saying I do that. I know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know, little guy. I don't know, little guy. Almost done, I swear. For those of you that can't stand the cringe, just ten more seconds and we'll we'll be done. Doing is not standing up against SJWs. What you're doing is full blown sexism and racism. You're not being a normal human being. No, you're actually being sexist. <laughs> right. Okay. So, uh, oh, so boy. that's why I've put a, a poll atop the description. Blonde and I settled on the compromise that we'd ask the audience. So if people really want to see this guy come on the show, we'll probably do a pre-tape or something. I'm not going to risk the entire live 20 broadcast. minutes tops. <laughs> right. 20 we'll, minutes. we'll offer a pre-tape and put it at the end of a show. If people want to see him or if the cringe is too much, I understand. And, um, I will try to be more sensible in my show invites going forward. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just, I have a thing for the cringe. I can't resist it. I mean, so, what he's saying is not super cringy. I mean, most of the reason that I tweeted it, I didn't even watch the full video, was because of his appearance. And well, I, that, I was certain, I was certain he was transgender, that he was a woman transitioning to a man. I'm, I still am not. I'm well, not that's totally what sure. I love. My friend, um, a good friend of mine, Holy Biju, but he said uh, that he looks like the love child between John Waters and Freddie Mercury. But, you know, <laughs> so all the charisma got lost somewhere oh. in the mix. <laughs> oh, burn. Hey, I don't I don't like to rip on people's appearance generally, but that's he he ripped on your appearance, he ripped on Stan's appearance, he ripped on everyone's yeah. appearance. All the while saying, You're the sexist. Okay. Riverians. I know, right? 
Okay. Anyway. Looks like a pedophile god. We've, uh, and all the serious news, part of the reason I wanted to open with this is because I want to see, I want to get people to vote and see what they think. But also because the rest of the news this week is just depressing and bad. And I, I needed something to just kind of laugh at to start the show. So if you're ready to hop into what's going on in Syria, I am ready to do that. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I made a video about this, uh, yesterday I was absolutely working on it, but I'm still I'm still very conflicted. I don't know what to do. And I've seen everybody else's account on YouTube. And I think the best video that I've seen is Black Pigeon Speaks. And he thinks that this is like Trump theater, that that this is all tactical, but it was an empty, it was kind of an empty but symbolic, uh, symbolic gesture. Well, and so I'm, I'm in that camp now. Okay. Um, let's, let's figure out exactly what we know happened. And then we'll talk about, cause everyone's interpretation of it is kind of off the wall. And I, at first thought right, everyone's right. being tinfoily. And then I looked into it and I watched your video and I'm like, well, mostly cause, cause some key information is not demonstrated conclusively. So that lends right, itself right. to people just being tinfoily. That's so what do we know for true. sure? Like, what do we know that for sure happened? Okay. 59 Tomahawk missiles were fired at the Syrian airbase. Um, and according to a few sources, although I was criticized in my comment section because I pulled this from RT and Zero Hedge, um, the Russian Defense Ministry said that the efficiency of the strike was extremely low and only 23 of the 59 cruise missiles even reached the airbase. Um, six people were killed, six soldiers. So this was like a, it was a very ineffective, seemingly deliberately ineffective um, militaristic strike. And additionally, Russia and the Syrians were warned. And so they all were able to move off the base and it was largely, um, not a, a super operational base. And as so, far as the, uh, the gas attack that prompted this, we know what's uh, 70 dead. Is that the count? I think 72 were dead. 70 right. dead. Okay. And the reason that we know it was a gas attack or the, the evidence that's provided is the Turkish is Turkish autopsies of the right of the it was it was various turkish um organizations like aid organizations um okay. and some people that ended up going to turkish hospitals they said they did postmortems on them so we do have to trust uh turkish officials right to some degree which i am not super okay with i'm not like well, oh let's just fucking trust the turkish people why why would we do that and and when i hear trump announce the the missile strike. He said, Oh, we're going to attack the airfield from which this attack was launched. Well, then the question is, right. how do we know that? And the sources I can find again, correct me if I'm wrong audience, fake news me. Cause I've spent some time trying to look into this and I've watched your video and others. And so what, what we, the source on this is just us intelligence or you know, various right. intelligence uh, sources. And then kind of looking at some of the like empty canisters that were known and then comparing and contrasting with known chemical weapons that Assad had in the past. Like we don't have a clear demonstration that Assad did this for sure. Right. And in 2014, John Kerry came out and said that, um, that Syria no longer had any chemical weapons. Like they're okay. 100% sure that all chemical weapons had been eliminated. Now they're backtracking. I read this New York times article in my um, video yesterday now they're backtracking and uh, saying that it's just what um, they declared, just the declared stock of chemical weapons. And so they're okay. like, well, we didn't know they could possibly have had tons of chemical weapons that they didn't declare, even though they had gone out and reassured the American people that like 100% all chemical weapons have been destroyed. Right. So we don't know for sure who did it. We have to we have to trust uh, Turkish or, or foreign autopsies of, of the victims to say what happened to them in terms of the gas attack. And then we have to look at, as you mentioned, kind of this 
largely what looks like mostly a symbolic act as opposed to something that was actually crippling from a tactical or a military perspective. Right, so right. We, so we have all of these things that don't seem to make a lot of sense. And that, to me, explains a lot of the tinfoil that's coming about because we got people on the left. We heard Chris, Ma Chris Matthews in the intro there. I loved that where <laughs> this I loved this reaction. I was tweeting about this, joking around, and then kind of these things sort of happened. Like people, people saying, oh, well, why would Trump attack a key Putin ally? Well, clearly to distract from his uh, collusion with Putin. I mean, it's kind of amazing that he could that we could have that that tinfoil right of. Uh, Trump is attacking Putin's friends to do away with the idea, or to, to distract from the notion that Trump and, and Putin teamed up in the election to rig. I don't it, know. I even mentioned that in my video. I don't think that 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 that, that is that that far fetched. I mean, well, as a side benefit, maybe. I mean, I don't know, but I think it was I, one on the list of many benefits when fine. he weighed maybe, his pros and cons of this. Maybe yeah. I'm not being fair to uh, some of the lefty tinfoilers, but we'll play them in a second here, um, and and we can give them their fair hearing. Uh, as I said. I'm not going to be too critical of anyone here because as I looked into it, it started to become clear to me. Well, nobody can say anything on a lot of these topics with certainty. So I can't as as much as I think that's kind of a I guess what I'm laughing at is their propensity to jump to Russian collusion, no matter what the story is. It's sort of uh, I joked this week about, you know, how Francesca Ramsey explains everything with racism, like ancient aliens explains everything. with aliens. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems that a lot of these people explain everything with Russian collusion. So that's kind of why I get a kick out of uh, out of that. Now, you had I, there was also Ron Paul and other people on the right saying, well, I don't buy that Assad did this. Uh, and I think that it's deep state neocons, people trying to drum up war support to pull us into another foreign war because that's good for business and the military industrial complex and all that stuff. So that was the other side of it. Similarly, to the extent we can't be certain about exactly what the attack was or who exactly did it, I can't say that they're wrong either. So it's sort of this frustrating spot of, I don't know, we, we get into another game of who do you believe, I guess, like we've been facing well, with the intelligence community. Most of the people, because we don't have very much evidence, uh, I mean, you kind of have to evaluate what people's motivations are. And I talk about sure. this a little bit in my video, but Sean Spicer said uh, like a week ago that they, they were not interested in regime change in Syria anymore. And if you were Assad, wouldn't you hear that and be like, all right, they're going to get off my ass. Now's, now's a great time to do a chemical attack on my own people pointlessly with uh, no personal benefit at all. But I mean, it just seems insane to me. Why would he do that? Right. Why? Well, and, and uh, I'll play some of the tinfoil here. So actually, in, from the left, Lawrence O'Donnell was the craziest one to me because he's actually implying that Putin directed Assad to do this as a means to provoke Trump, who would then attack and then take heat off of Russia. That is that wow. is Lawrence O'Donnell's. That is he, and he does high say level if, paranoid thinking. Right he's not there. saying for he's not saying for sure. But that was the one where I listened to and I was like, holy cow. OK, this is <laughs> this is some crazy stuff. So let's check out what some of the voices of the left are saying. Unless Vladimir Putin said, I have an idea. Go ahead. Do a small chemical attack, nothing, nothing like the big ones you've done in the past, just big enough to attract media attention so that my friend in the White House will see it on TV. And then Donald Trump can fire some missiles at Syria that'll do no real damage. And then the American news media will change the subject from Russian influence in the Trump campaign and the Trump transition and the Trump White House. It's perfect. Uh, here's a Okay, and then this is Chris Matthews and uh, David Korn, as I'm, as you heard in the intro. President, who's under incredible 
scrutiny <clears throat> for his relations, such as they were with the, with the Russians, and all those months yeah. that the Russians were helping him get elected president. And here he is tonight, apparently, we hear lots of talk about it. By the way, not demonstrated at all. I mean, you chuckle at that, but again, the Russian collusion, not conclusively demonstrated. He just takes that as a, a factual premise. The foregone conclusion, yeah. But guests we've had on, that there may be military action against yeah. Russia's number one ally in the world, maybe, and certainly in the Middle East, which is Syria. Uh, is this to cover his tracks? Well, that'd be the wag the dog scenario, right? And, and perhaps. No, I mean, it covers strikes me. You think I'm, yeah, I'm in bed with the, with the Russians? Russians? Yes, right. Yeah. And it would distract from the investigation and would show I'm not in bed with the Russians. I can launch strikes that are inconvenient and may even end up killing some Russians. Who knows where that goes from, goes from here? You know, would that clean them? What, 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 um, what? Would that clear them with the. Did you have something to say on that? Well, and may end up killing some Russians. Like, why would you call a few hours ahead of time and be like, yo, get all your people out? The, the, our intention clearly was not to kill any Russians. It was outright specifically stated in this New York Times article that I cited that they wanted to avoid killing any Russians. Well, maybe if you just got a few, it helps uh, the distraction. <laughs> gotcha. You want Whatever. you want to be nice. And so if you're if you believe they're tinfoil hattery, you want to maintain a good relationship with Putin, but also have people take the heat off of that so if you killed a couple that would do both right if you what <laughs> trying, to, trying to follow their reasoning all right let's keep going there's more there's a little bit more here some from real time charge that he was uh, I, I, don't, I don't think so but it may distract us if we get into a mess in syria how does the fact so this is bill maher asking his congressman uh congressman lou i believe uh from california about the same kind of concept that he went up against russia Donald Trump fit into the Republican, uh, the liberal idea uh, that uh, he was installed by Putin as a stooge to do whatever Putin wanted. This is not what Putin wanted. If you're facing possible collusion with Putin, you might just want to distract people. Yeah. So you're pretty so big distraction. You think this is? I'm just it might be. It might be. We don't know. I've learned to not predict right. Donald Trump. Okay, so. I think to your point, it's I, I I can't say that they're wrong entirely that Trump would have considered uh, aggression on a Putin ally to be maybe a side benefit of something he had decided to do. But I think the I think Lawrence O'Donnell goes full tinfoil that it was Putin. That's what's so weird. Like if you follow his reasoning, it would have to be Putin told Assad to do the attack. And he knows that Trump would react in this exact specific way that benefits him perfectly. How would he? I mean, you have to believe that Putin is such a puppet master of Trump that he can basically have Trump do his bidding through like telepathy or predicting right, the future right. or something like that. I mean, that's insane. That is some real chess mastery. If, if he's got, if he's got government Trump. is so incompetent, they can't do anything properly. <laughs> can you imagine thinking that they were, that they could do things like this? He'd be that conspiratorial. So that's, what's coming from the left. I did have a clip from Ron Paul as well, which is sort of this, it wasn't Assad. It was, the establishment trying to drum up war support, that kind of theory. This is what Ron Paul has to say. It's a goofy little guy. It yeah, makes no sense, even if you were totally separate from this and take no sides of this and you were just an analyst, it doesn't make any sense for Assad under these conditions to all of a sudden use poison gases. It, it's zero, I, I think it's zero chance that he would have done this, uh, you know, uh, deliberately and, and he's doing this now. And if he just wanted to kill people, there are a heck of a lot better ways of doing it than using gas, which just guarantees that the entire world community, including your allies, are going to turn against you. As you say, he would have to be the most insane 
leader probably in the history of the world. Although they're behind the scenes, uh, the, 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 the neocons and the deep state, they're, they're making the plans, they rule the day, but they still know that they have to use their propaganda machine to get the people uh, behind them. And I think that is, is, is what's going on. They did that in Iraq successfully because people believed Saddam Hussein was a monster. And they sort of forgot about it. We can, they can, the people allow the Congress to keep spending all this money, uh, you know, to uh, remake the Middle East. It keeps getting worse. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know if I can get fully on board with that it's some charade to drum up war support. But the only thing I can come away with is this, is that if you're asking me to trust just kind of the intelligence community and trust the professionals, well, I've seen this story before. Okay, I've seen trust what the, what the intelligence community says. I saw it about a decade ago. It hasn't worked out whenever we've tried to drum up support for war and do regime change in the Middle East. So generally speaking, my, I don't know who to believe. I'm just going to say I need to see hard evidence of any claim and uh, we'll go from there. So... I don't know. Am I on the World War Three apocalypse train? No. Um, do do I think this was great? No. I, I know people like us to t have hard opinions on everything, but I, I don't know that I do. I just I would like to see more conclusive evidence before we start doing military strikes on foreign states. It is crazy how this subject is so divisive amongst conservatives. Like I've never seen people take sides so quickly and every I'm off the Trump train and I, I did a, I was a little reactive when I heard about this and so I took a few days to make a video because I was like Ugh, I don't want to I don't want to overstate this and try to understand where he was coming from and so I'm less worried about it now um, but but people are are genuinely like I think he alienated a lot of his base yeah I mean if we'll see it there's you're right that there's a big split I was listening to um Bill Mitchell and Paul Joseph Watson. Oh, I watched uh, that right before the show. Before, yeah. yeah, so, but I mean, mm -hmm. one takeaway from that too is, yeah, they they seem to disagree pretty strongly, but the end of it or throughout it, they're able to realize they're on the same team. And I don't think they, there's really animosity uh, between them. Or I know like Paul Joseph Watson said, I'm off the Trump train. He said that this week, but I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case, you know, in a few weeks when the next issue uh, comes up. And I hate that for an act of aggression against a foreign state to just be kind of like, all right, that's the news of today. Move on. But I mean, as long as long as we're not getting into like, you know, boots on the ground type war, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it for now. I will, I will try to be a little bit reserved in my opinion for now, but I'm just not satisfied with the evidence either. Yeah, but I also don't want Trump to be being influenced by, by globalists. And I'm, I'm concerned that that's, what this was about and that it was less tactical and, and thoughtful than I'm giving him credit for. I, I keep thinking like, you know, maybe this was something brilliant militaristically. It probably wasn't. Um, I don't know though. I'm, I'm deeply conflicted about this. There's, there's one thing that you hit on in your video too, that I really want to um, focus on as we do this story. And then also when we talk about Sweden shortly, um, because you had mentioned that there, all of this Syrian stuff, there's always images, imagery of children that are used for kind of propaganda purposes. Um, and we'll see that in this, we have seen that in this case. And I also hate this, this narrative that we see at CNN is a great example. You've seen it elsewhere where you say, Oh yeah, well, he'll, he'll take a hard stance on, uh, on, uh, poison gas attacks in Syria, but he also won't let the Syrian refugees in. What a hypocrite. As though that's the only solution to this right. problem in Syria. As though you can't feel compassion towards real victims in Syria and also say, well, well, let's figure out some solutions that don't involve compromising the security of our home 
and letting in a bunch of unvetted people to perpetuate the crime and chaos that we have seen in a lot of other countries. Uh, so a CNN anchor hosted a, a survivor of a, of a former gas attack, a Syrian, a Syrian survivor of a 2013 gas attack. And he has a lot of praise for Trump, appreciates what he did. And then she tries to get him on the, like, shouldn't Trump allow the refugees to come in? Uh, isn't it hypocritical of him not to do that? And he, he says some really interesting things. This was one of my favorite clips this week, maybe my favorite. We've been asking for protection. We've been asking for consequences for more than six years. For the very first time, we see Assad held accountable just for once. I felt grateful for President Trump. I felt grateful for the United States. I hear you supportive of President Trump, and so many people are, Democrats and Republicans. But there are also people over here in America who are saying, all right, so clearly President Trump is motivated by just, as we all ha have compassion for these just horrible images of, of the you know the these babies who were who were killed uh but at the same time this is a man who you know doesn't want syrians to come into this country with this refugee ban hillary clinton weighed in we cannot in one breath speak of protecting syrian babies and in the next close america's doors to them quickly Qasim, how do you see that with all due respect i didn't see each and every person who was demonstrating uh, after the travel ban. I didn't see you three days ago when people were gassed to death, when civilians were gassed to death. I didn't see you in 2013 when 1,400 people were gassed to death. I didn't see you raising your voice against President Obama's uh, 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 inaction in Syria that led us refugees that made us refugees get kicked out of Syria. Help us stay in our in our country. We don't want to come to the United States. We want to okay. stay in our country. We want to stay in our country with all the respect. This is hypocrisy. If you really care, if you really care, help us stay in our country. We don't want to become refugees. We want to stay in our country. Help us establish safe zones. That's a mic drop from that guy, if you ask me. Oh, man, I'm surprised they didn't cut his feet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Where, like five times the... I was like, are they going to do it? Is this the cut the feet of the week? <laughs> you're right. That's uh, very uh, uncharacteristic of CNN. Who, mm. I'm sure that producer's fired. I'm sure. Yeah, she was well, it terminated. sounded like it was scripted in the beginning. And then it, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. And then it sounded like he went he went off script, went rogue. No, it was just, it's just refreshing to hear. I mean, granted, I'm uh, I've admitted my kind of. Um, international relations, ignorance many times. That is not an area of expertise for me. And so that's been my question on a lot of this refugee crisis stuff is why can't we figure out ways to provide safety to these people without compromising our, our uh, security in doing so? And that's exactly what he's talking about. And I also was very refreshed to hear, we don't want to come be refugees in your country. We want our country to be Syrian right, right. and to be safe. Help us do that. We yeah. never hear that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Time time is flying. Um, but that's all I got on Syria, unless you have more you'd like to discuss on that. No, it's it's really bummed me out this week. That video kind of sucked the life out of me. <laughs> well, I can cheer you up. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, <laughs> I know someone who can cheer you up. Susan Rice. Man, what a time for her to have a comeback. So, oh, geez. That story so, went away fast, though. I know. Well, okay, so let's put on our tinfoil. Clearly, Susan Rice 
didn't like this story that came out. So she directed <laughs> Putin to tell Assad to do the attack, ah, to ah. provoke Trump, to provide a distraction, to take the heat off of Susan Rice. It's a win for everybody. Of course. Of Clearly. course. Why didn't I think of this? So I think we've both been fascinated by what's what has been going on with the House Intelligence Committee and just the intelligence community generally. We've had these accusations of Russia collusion. Um, then you had Devin Nunes come out and say, oh, I've got I've seen intelligence that suggests there was uh, this unmasking of, of Team Trump people uh, within the intelligence community for political purposes, not necessarily targeted surveillance per se, but at least revealing of U.S. citizens who were caught up at the very least caught up in, in surveillance. Uh, so the question is, who did it? it it's a who done it, right? Who did this? And was it for political purposes? Um, and then it comes out, Susan Rice. Susan Rice did this. So a few things are interesting about this. Um, she claims that she did this, but it was not political at all. Well, you can take her at her word, but I wouldn't advise it. Considering two <laughs> weeks ago, she said she knew nothing of the unmasking. <laughs> this is not years ago. It's not like she forgot. This is two weeks ago. So we'll play that momentarily. And then I think the other interesting thing about this is how did the story break? How did the story break? It came out through Mike Cernovich and I saw this circulating Twitter and I was admittedly a little bit skeptical of it. And then of course it came out in Bloomberg and elsewhere. And I thought, wow, this is a legit story. This is completely legit. Didn't Bloomberg just jack it from Cernovich? No credit. No, no credit. But, um, <laughs> oh, man, but, the, that's but awful. how he got it in terms of where he got it or what his source was is, is noteworthy and something we should think about as these stories break in the future. So first um, this story breaks Cernovich, breaks it other other places pick it up it becomes a scandal during this week she goes uh, susan rice goes on andrea mitchell's show on msnbc to explain herself and it's sort of the stock canned answers that you would expect oh this is just kind of part of the routine uh, process of sharing intelligence from the intelligence community with um, national security advisors not political at all okay but two weeks ago you said i, I don't know anything about what nunez is saying <laughs> that's a big mystery to me okay so this is uh this is susan rice I received those reports, as did each of those other officials, and uh, there were occasions when I would receive a report in which uh, a U.S. person was referred to, name not provided, just U.S. person. And sometimes in that context, in order to understand the importance of the report and assess its significance, it was necessary to find out or request the information as to who that U.S. official was. And the intelligence community made the determination as to whether or not the identity of that American individual could be provided to me. That is what uh, I and Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, CIA Director, DNI would do when we receive that information. We only do it to protect the American people, to do our jobs in, our, in the national security well, realm. That's with, the only reason. Within that process and within the context of the Trump campaign, the Trump transition, did you seek the names of people involved in, to, to unmask the names of people involved in the Trump transition, the Trump campaign, people surrounding the, pre the the president-elect let me be clear. in order to spy on them in absolutely order to expose them absolutely not for any political purposes to spy expose anything but Did let you me leak the name of mike flynn i leaked nothing to nobody okay so firm statement there i leaked nothing to nobody you can take her at her word but in this context and i never would. have and never would two weeks ago 
So we invited you on to talk about several things, but in the last few hours, we've been following a disclosure by the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes, that in essence, during the final days of the Obama administration, during the transition after uh, uh, President Trump uh, had been elected, that he and the people around him may have been caught up in surveillance of foreign individuals and that their identities may have been disclosed. Do you know anything about this? I know nothing about this. I was surprised to see uh, reports from uh, Chairman Yunus on that uh, count today. Gee, what a surprise. I was as shocked as anyone. Oh my God. I learned it from the news, as <laughs> usual. <laughs> What a fucking liar, God! And this is what's—it's—it's uh, it's hard for me to to buy what she's saying, just because I don't think she's had a strong relationship with open honesty and truth previously. <laughs> yeah. But I try to take her at her—just as a thought exercise—try to take her at her word and say, okay, this 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 is purely in the interest of national security. It's nothing political at all. Okay. Well, why else would you unmask the names of these citizens? Um, if it weren't political, I mean, the only appropriate reason I'm, I, I'm not an expert on this, but at least my understanding is the only appropriate reason you would is if there's some evidence or s some type of criminal activity going on. Oh, okay. There's here's right. criminal activity. I need to know who this is. Tell me who this is. Well, if that were the case, presumably she would have some kind of case against the Trump people. If there was criminal activity, if it was not political and it's criminal activity going on, wouldn't you have some type of story of criminal activity to break within the, the Trump, uh, the, the Trump team. And she doesn't seem to have that. She has no so, specifics. And these people are masterful liars. And she did this with Benghazi too. But if you watch her interviews, like I've watched this a few times and every time I'm like, did she answer the question? Like she, she's pretty good at, at saying specific languages that, that kind of answers, but doesn't incriminate her. And she can loop around a little bit and pivot. Yeah. Like she's she's crafty like that. She did the same shit with Benghazi. And, and and to be clear, we don't have evidence that she's the one who leaked anything. Unmasking is that's going to reveal the identity of the people to her, whoever she shares it with. But that's not the same as leaking it to the press. We don't have evidence of that yet, so I want right. to be fair. However, and I don't know that this is proven either, but it seems reasonable to assume that she could have been the source of that information, even if she didn't le leak it. She could have done the unmasking. It could have got to. X, Y, or Z person that she shared with who then leaks right. it to the press, which is a big problem too. She said, General... I didn't leak nothing. Yeah. So maybe she's not a, right. So maybe she's not a liar, but if you, you know, you share it with your 10 friends and one of them leaks, maybe you're not directly responsible, but you've, if, if she doesn't have a you good reason, I, I just don't see the reason beyond political spying. And that is kind of right. where we're trending here. And if it well, is she political hasn't provided spying, any reason outside of that, and that that would be your clear motivation, right? I I would assume. I mean, we can't demonstrate that conclusively, but it just I'm not. I haven't been given an alternative explanation that satisfies me yet. Mm -hmm. So without, I can't say that she's for sure a political spy. But um, you would think that if she is for sure not a political spy, she would have better <laughs> explanations. Or she'd be like, no, I'm for sure not a political spy. Well, I mean, she really did said. she did say that, kind of. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving right along. You want to talk Sweden? Yeah, sure. I mean, I was thinking about making a video about this, too. But I'm like, why even bother? This shit happens all the time now. And everybody's like, oh, nothing to see here. Just a bunch of people killed by a truck. But I was actually walking down this street in Sweden. And I tweeted about this uh, a little over a month ago. And I was looking around. It was like outside of Azara. And I was thinking, Wow, I am surrounded by Muslims and other people, and it would be so easy 
to drive a truck down the street that I'm standing on and kill tons of these people. It was just a, it's like a crowded wide street. Um, <sighs> and then, you know, it happens and I'm amazed only five people died. Yeah, but there's still, so it was, um, so yeah, f- injured 15, eight of whom are still hospitalized, including children. And that's, um, that, that's part of the damning part of this. I mean, obviously no terror attack is good or whatever, but the witnesses alleged this guy was specifically targeting children that and is children so are awful. among the dead and the injured. Uh, so he, he rams this truck as a 39 year old Uzbek, um, who drives this truck that he hijacked into a Stockholm department store, killed four, injured 15, a bunch of people still hospitalized. Um, he was detained 25 miles south where he uh, confessed to the crime. He was known to police previously. This is a guy who had been posting jihadist propaganda uh, on social media. There was also an explosive device in the truck. So I guess he hijacked it and had additional weapons that he brought with him. I'm not exactly sure how that... How that um, developed but i do have there's just some brief images from the scene that i think are useful without there as with any of these there are graphic scenes to be seen as well but there's nothing too graphic that we'll share here Uh, but this is just what some of that looks like in sweden so you can see the truck in the building there this is like a giant dump truck thing there's people running down the street like you described uh where you're kind of trapped in a i don't know you're trapped by walls on all sides basically bunch of smoke and stuff coming from the scene as well and firefighting crews and things of that sort so so i mean it's uh i hate to say that this this fits a pattern but truck attacks are just the I mean, isn't it that's the thing that always gets me is these things are tragically similar where it's like how can we keep allowing this stuff to happen I mean, I understand why the truck thing is is easy. I mean, it's it's a pretty attainable. Trucks are pretty attainable. You can do a lot of damage with them. You know, there's there's no overhead. There's less planning involved, I'm sure. It's it's gotten so bad that even the obligatory truck control jokes are played out and stale now. Like remember when those were fresh and funny? Yeah, Not really. Not anymore. The first seen, truck attack. We've seen so many truck attacks that even the jokes are played out now. How tragic is that? And, Terrible. Uh, I mean, but this is the future of Europe, and just by our reaction, everybody should be alarmed. We're like, oh, this happened again. Do, what do wait, you even want to say about it? I mean, I, I was messaging you last night, too, speaking about the ocean of blonde bimbos. Let's make America an ocean of blonde bimbos, because just, just concede Sweden and say, okay, take a mulligan on Sweden. We're going to bring all the Swedes in as refugees, and we'll start over here. Just give them a state or something. Yeah, they can totally. have their own Sweden. I mean, they basically have Minnesota already. And, <laughs> or, you know, the upper Midwest is all Scandinavians. So just bring the Swedes in, take a mulligan, uh, and, and move on. Although maybe that doesn't, uh, maybe that doesn't satisfy your desire to keep, uh, Sweden for the Swedes or, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I can't, I can't even be hurt by this because these people don't want to save their own country. And so I'm not going to put all this energy into it and invest it. You know, I want to save Sweden. It's like these people, they're they're like, Oh, here's my, here's my country and my culture. I don't give a shit, whatever. (laughs) Truck attack. This is every week now. Now, so I wanted to mention the children, too. You heard the CNN anchor say, like, we've seen all these images of children and they're maimed and things. There are also images of maimed children or children who were maimed in Sweden. Funny, we don't see those images to say, careful about your immigration policy, because this child was sacrificed to multiculturalism. We don't see that. I mean, 
I, I just, I don't like the use of children as political props generally. I don't care if it's violence. I don't care if it's the kid uh, out on a street corner hold, holding up like a Trump is Hitler sign because he's five and his mom told him to do that so he can get a $20 allowance when he goes home or whatever for being a good boy. I just, politicization of children is just awful to me, but it, it does, it seems like a uniquely left thing to me too. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't see a lot of like right-wing child exploitation. I don't mean that. What I mean is use of children <laughs> as political props. Let's put right. it that way. I mean, I'm sure they do it. It's kind of a, it's a natural thing to be sympathetic to children, but the left seems like they're more egregious in their violation of this and abuse of it. They do it all the time. I mean, I, I strung together two clips yesterday of that uh, Kate Baldwin CNN anchor uh, crying like these crocodile tears about the Syrian boy, what, six, eight months ago. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know if this is even if this is true, but like in my memory, I, I can't think of any time that I've actually seen the dead bodies in photographs um, of children in Muslim terrorist attacks. But, you know, when I, this week it was just Syrian children convulsing on a loop on every mainstream media outlet. Yeah. And I agree. It's awful. I mean, I'm not don't take what I'm saying to be like, ah, don't worry about those Syrian children. No, please do. But also understand that the purpose of what a lot of these people are trying to get you to do or trying to get you to support is to, at some level, put your own children at risk. Now, we can debate right. We can debate how big the risk actually is. Quite frankly, I'm comfortable with what I've seen in Europe to say, mm, no, thank you. Uh, that's too risky for my future children if I were to have them. Just, I guess, I guess the takeaway for me is let's not allow emotional manipulation to be so effective. Don't, don't allow emotional manipulation to, uh, to decide your, your policy persuasions. Right. It works both ways. I'll make the case. Like I said, I'll make the case. I'll look at Rockville. I'll look at what's going on in, in, in Sweden here with targeting of children. I'll make the case that, uh, loose immigration policies are dangerous to children as well. We'll do that with pictures of children who've been harmed if you want. Right. Mm. I hope that that's not the case with Trump, that he was just influenced emotionally. I mean, that, that probably he said a lot of stuff that indicated I know. That, the babies, the babies. Innocent I was like, oh, no, babies. I can't do a Trump uh, impression. <laughs> um, I've learned <laughs> I've learned I'm not going to name names. Um, but I've learned from some shows that I listen to. If your impression is not on point, just don't do the impression. <laughs> if your impression is not on point. Don't do the impression. Just I can't do a Trump. I admit it. So I just leave it be. Uh, <laughs> doesn't work out that well. Um, speaking of trucks, though, speaking of trucks <laughs> of peace. Um, so I uh, so Saitan Atheist, this guy who creates these. They're they're absolutely works of genius. I mean, he makes these cartoons. A lot of audience is familiar with them. I'm sure. I think he's been on Drunken Peasants before. He's he was a pretty big channel. He makes these brilliant cartoons that mock um, j that mock uh, jihadis. They mock uh, social justice wars. They're they're the art is amazing, but they're also done musically. So it's original music work that goes along with them too. And this is just, you may be familiar with some of his work. Um, the truck of peace. I, I don't know. So we'll make a decision live. I took some of his clips just to share. Uh, I'll, I'll show a little bit of the truck of peace, even though apparently this is a risk to your YouTube channel, but this is, um, Saitan atheist, uh, truck of peace. Driving down the road in a truck of peace on a busy highway. Driving down the road in a truck of peace. Who do you think we'll bump into today? Hello. 
And there's some of his characters with uh, Milo Stewart and um, Carl the Cock and others. And of course, he also did that. Uh, he did Riley Dennis in a song called Flinging a Faggot Off a Roof. And it was just about, <laughs> it was a song about how like the West is just intolerable that you should, you know, you should come to the Muslim countries and <laughs> the joy of flinging gay people off a roof. And it was hosted by Riley Dennis. Now, was it, are these um, edgy, if you want to put it that way? Absolutely. But what is Satan atheist guilty of? Mocking the awful. Mocking the awful. That's what he's doing. And uh, he was banned um, this week off of YouTube. Now, it's not a total surprise. I will link um, when the show's over. You can see his explanation of what happened on his Minds account. Uh, his YouTube story uh, explanation of how he got strikes. So one was, um, you know, a child imply uh, an image implying that a child uh, was servicing Milo after... <laughs> implying implying <laughs> well, it's just straight up a picture of a child servicing my <laughs> and there's uh he got he got a strike as well for um for the flinging a faggot off a roof video and then his third strike was uh for the westminster he made a video about the westminster attack which i didn't even get to see yet because it was so recent so i'll have to watch that when we're finished up here but if you want to see what saitan has to say about his youtube ban uh you can check that out i will link that in the description now um I want to say this is somebody who apparently has had several strikes over time. So he just went balls to the wall. I mean, he just said, like, I don't fucking care. Like, I, I'm going to keep getting strikes because this is my product and this is what I make. And he did not concede anything. So it's not like it was a surprise. I want to be fair to YouTube in that regard. But that's about the only way I want to be fair to YouTube. Um, and they're entitled to their own rules and, and, uh, and all that, of course. I just think the rules are dumb. I just think the rules are dumb. This is brilliant work. I don't know of anybody. You can agree, you can disagree with the politics all you want. And you don't have to watch it if you don't want to. But this is somebody who is, can you think of anybody who nails everything better? Not only the writing, but the presentation, the production to do original music work. No, the, that is a lot of work. Oh, a God, lot yeah. of work. Yeah. Um, and hilarious. I mean, how do we deal with these issues if we can't laugh about them? Yeah. And YouTube, this is so stupid too, because they're giving their competitors a competitive advantage by, yep. by, by censoring things. It's yep. like, okay, said, well now we have to find platforms. People like this have to find new platforms. Yep. Just creates the necessity. And he says, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be posting my stuff on minds.com. Great. Subscribed immediately. Cause I yep. want to follow his stuff. And that's the other takeaway here. We talk about how with the uncertainty and ad revenue, the best thing you can do is creators that you believe in, float them a couple bucks, keep them, keep the lights on for them. This is the other thing. Yep. Um, even if you can't do that, if you'd be sad that someone w could go away, like like has happened here, make sure to follow them on all their social media uh, uh, different platforms because they generally will tell you what happened and other ways you can follow them. And this is a case of that. I'd be I don't want his stuff to go away. I want to keep watching it. And if Minds is going to host it, I'll happily go to Minds. I have been um, active on Minds for like the last month or so, and I got to say, I mean, it's a small website still, um, but ev I love everything about. Excuse me, that's the Coors Light. I love everything about what they're doing, though. I yeah. love the commitment to free speech. Uh, they've got this kind of interesting system where interaction and, and basically uh, you, you build what's called points to boost your content. So if a lot of people are looking at your content and you're, you know, you're getting subscriptions and likes and things, you get points to boost and then that'll share things even more. So basically what they've done is created a structure such that more interaction among users means everyone gets to share more of their stuff. And it's just a really interesting uh, novel concept. I think minds.com is great. I hope it takes off. I'll be sharing my stuff on there for the foreseeable future. Um, but yeah, just follow the people that you care about because someone will host this stuff because we do want to watch it. 
Yeah, and I definitely wake up every day. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if my YouTube channel has been <laughs> shut down this morning, drinking my <laughs> coffee, just checking it out. Uh, but there is, I, after the video I posted yesterday, got demonetized before it was even processed. Like, it yeah. hadn't even started processing. It was uploaded, like, 70%, and I got yeah. a notice saying, like, I can't appeal nothing. Like, this is demonetized, not it, advertiser-friendly. It's because there are no-no words. That's and then why. everybody on, on Twitter, they were such cocks. They were like, it's because Syria is in the title. Duh. I'm like, I can't have a country name in the title. Right? No, Fuck it. it. I'm not I'm not going to play these games with YouTube. And so I just left the, the but, title and the tags the same. I mean, you can. I'm not even kidding. I, I So I said we. I named the stream totally advertiser-friendly content discussion or whatever I called it. But when we're done and I do name this show when we're done uh, streaming here, I am going to put Syria and Sweden in the title and I'm going to censor it. I'll put S star R I A, you know, S star Eden. I have to censor country names because we're, and I I get this. People say, well, you shouldn't be able to profit off of tragedy. Okay. I kind of get what you're saying. No, the thing about this is that they're not applying this to NBC, ABC, MSNBC, Fox. They're not, this does not apply. This applies to alternate media. That's it. Right. We, we can't talk about news topics. Uh, I'm sorry, the logical extent of that is shows like this where you're going to talk about the news of the day simply can't exist or at least can't be financially viable. Um, and I right. see my, I have my, I have minds open right now, still on Saitans uh, and I see people hitting up my minds account right now. So thank you guys very much for doing that. That is, uh, I don't have it linked right now, but it's, it's the same as my Twitter. It's at ML Christensen on minds. If you want to find me there. I got to start using my Minds account. Oh, I, it's great. I actually really like the the platform a lot, and I hope it takes off. And I've heard the inter- interviews with the CEO guy with Sargon and Bering, and uh, I love everything about what they say. They actually they care about providing a, a, a safe space for free speech, basically. And that, that's uh, important. I think Are that's you great. incrementally transitioning? So now you're doing Twitter and Minds. Um, I will admit that I'm a lot less active on Minds in terms of conversation. Like I'm, I reply to pretty much everything on Twitter. Um, I'm not there on Minds because I, I, there's only so many things I can manage. But if Minds were to become really viable and that's where the conversation was at, absolutely. I just I, eliminate my Twitter. I don't, I don't care about Twitter. Well, I like the if trouble I is I really like Twitter's format. I hate the politics. I like of Twitter, Twitter's but I like, format too. Yeah. yeah, but Minds look like looks like it has captured the things that I do like about Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like a Facebook Twitter hybrid, so sort of, um, but one that isn't that you can say what you want and enjoy the people that you want, and uh, and without fear of them being banned the next day. So this is what I want to see. You know, YouTube is entitled to the rules that they want, but a viable competitor is also entitled to rise and give and be on the creator side. And mm-hmm. I really think I've been people have been at me on Twitter this whole time uh, or for the last several weeks. And uh, it's like, it's time for a viable alternative to rise. And it's like, oh, God, I wish I had the power to do that. All it takes, like a PewDiePie, you know, uh, a Philly D, someone like that. Right. All it takes move, is like right. them to jump ship. And this whole, and YouTube is screwed. And by the way, YouTube, you keep pulling this crap. Not that you care. This is just some tiny, dumb show. Um, in the grand scheme, it's not making a ton of money for YouTube, granted. But uh, as soon as there's a viable competitor out, I've seen enough. Um, volatility in YouTube's policies and enough to they've given us enough middle fingers. They'll say, see ya I'm right. out. as soon right. as there's a viable competitor. I have no loyalty to this platform. Yeah. Agreed because they've shown us no loyalty. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to sound ungrateful either. I watched one of my previous videos and I was like, oh, I kind of sound like a bitch in this, 
Um, like I'm really happy to have the subscribers that I do and I don't deserve advertising revenue. My gripe here is that people aren't being treated the same. Like if they were applying this to all media outlets, uh, alternative media and mainstream media, I I don't even think I'd be complaining. Um, but hopefully this hurts, uh, the revenue in all these advertisers. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, all, I mean, I know that this type of stuff, that this type of media is going to have a platform. The question is where, so I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not thinking apocalyptically on this stuff either. I'm not that worried about it because I know someone will host it. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Like I can't emphasize enough. Nobody is required to advertise on this show or on my videos or in your videos. Absolutely opt out of doing that. If you want, I don't care because it should be voluntary. All mm-hmm. I want from YouTube is consistency and clear rules so that I can decide what's best for me. And they won't do that. Instead, we have right. to guess. Instead, we have to guess. And we have to play games with the no-no words. And it, I'm going to go. I'm going to end up going on a rant here. And I'd rather get into a, a different rant because we are running <laughs> out of time here. And the thing, I mean, this triggers me. This all this the YouTube policy stuff triggers me because it threatens our ability to make this show and provide it for the people that enjoy it. But you know what else triggers me? The wage gap myth. Good Lord. So persistent. <laughs> so persistent. I'm was, like, are, are we still doing this? I was tweeting that, tweeting that out this week because it was equal pay day sometime in the week. Was it Tuesday, Wednesday? I don't remember. Equal pay day was this week. And I, I, like I said at the top of the show, I made the mistake of engaging with a couple of people. And it's so bizarre. I, I was tweeting equal pay day is a cult. It is. I've never seen people so resistant to evidence, to reason, to just common sense, which apparently, as we always say, is not that common. But this wage gap thing persists. And there were two things about Equal Pay Week. It might go a little bit long here, so bear with me. But Equal Pay Week, which really bugged me. And I can't remember which of these came um, in front of me first. But the first of which was a, a video that was actually sent to me via email from a listener. And so I checked it out. And the video itself is enraging enough. I'll play a little bit of that. But then I looked into it and I'm watching and I'm looking at this video. Uh, I'll put it up here. So there's this video called 20% Counts. Uh, women deserve their 20% today and every day on equal payday. And this is number 40 in trending on YouTube at about 20,000 views. It's since gone way further than that. Mind you, comments and ratings disabled. So this is clearly. Oh, special artificially bumped by YouTube into their trending artificially promoted by who else, but the people at you know, funny or die and a bunch of corporate sponsors. I, I, every corporate sponsor of this video, I want to have someone go through their books and tell me what the wage gap is at every corporate sponsor. Cause I guarantee yeah. it's something similar to what we observe nationally, but check out um, this video on this is this propaganda piece that YouTube is promoting artificially while trying to push down creations like this show and other people's <laughs> other people's uh, productions, which, you know, you can dispute how honest we are. As long as you grant that we're more honest than this, I will take it. This is uh what if women received 20% less Five candidate for the job because I am a real life businesswoman. What? There's like 20% missing. Girl, please be home. Hey, I should have 20%. Why are you dead? Large dark roast for Carol. This looks a little low. Large dark roast for Lucy. Uh, mine has even less. Cool. Anthony, got a large dark roast. Excuse me. 
Oh, watch out. <laughs> very hot and very full. Oh, are you done? Oh, yeah. Did you just make it even? It looks even to me. It looks like a mouse is just slowly, like, slowly falling. You know, can't you just be happy with what you have? I cut most of your hair. Uh, am I crazy? Even without the last two sections, you're certainly more than qualified. We'd love for you to join our team. <laughs> and we think you'll be pleased with the offer that we gave someone else. You'll be making 20% less. Start on Monday. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and black and black and Hispanic women are paid even less. Women deserve their twenty percent today and every day, uh, as oh well as these God. corporate sponsors. Uh, I don't. How many times has this been explained? Our audience doesn't need it. All they're doing is is looking at the total earnings of all men compared to the total earnings of all women, and that's what drives me nuts. It's like. <laughs> You show this coffee shop bit of, oh, I ordered a, a tall, dark roast coffee or whatever. And I only got X amount. Yeah, well, that if the analogy were correct, you only paid X amount too. The, the payment, the contribution was not even. Now, that doesn't mean women aren't capable. What it means is women choose to contribute at different amounts. Women choose jobs that generally come with less income than their male counterparts. What I, I, What is the goal here that all that all jobs are 50% men and 50% women and all earnings are a are 50% split. Is that the goal? Yeah. 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 Why is the goal not just freedom of choice? I heard Karen Strawn say that they did this in chemistry departments where they demanded that 50% of students were women. And then, so they did that. They they initiated this program and then uh, the chicks got into the chem programs and they started taking classes and they're like, this is too hard. And then they dropped out and then a bunch of the chemistry departments had to shut down. No chemistry, yeah. no chemistry in this college. I've joked about it many times. I I also didn't like chemistry, okay? And um, all I took in college was nutritional chemistry. That was my lab science. And I know a lot of <laughs> you, you are going to be pissed off. And it was, it, was, it was as garbage as it sounds, but I had to get my lab science out of the way. And I went to a big chemistry lecture hall. There was no patriarchy guard. The women were allowed to come in there, as was I. Don't I don't believe you. Now, I chose a political science major knowing full well that that's less economically viable than a chemistry major in engineering or physics or something like that because political science is intellectually interesting to me and um believe me i'm paying the wage gap price now <laughs> for for that decision but i don't think it's discrimination i think it's the product of what i chose to do i like right. doing this i don't like chemistry great for the people who like chemistry but i'm not being discriminated against it was my free choice now that was the first triggering event so I didn't, uh, I, I would have commented on that, but I can't because YouTube blocks it or whoever uploaded it blocked it. Oh, I, I would love to know what the downloads were like. I'm sure they would be just terrible. Like MTV bad. Well, that's another story. Uh, I, I don't have time to get into that. Uh, MTV, my God. Francesca's back. If you haven't seen, go check out uh, the latest Decoded. Ugh. Anyway. I like how she started that trailer with... Uh, so I know you thought that I got canceled. It's like that you're going to open with that. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> thought your show got canceled because you suck and no one likes you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, open invite to the show. Not, uh, you know, not holding my breath, <laughs> but we'll host Francesca Ramsey. Okay. The other thing that drug me in this week, um, because so uh, Montana's governor, a guy I voted for, okay. Uh, posted this on Facebook this week. Uh, as a dad and as a governor, I have a responsibility to address the fact that in Montana, 
Women working full-time year-round earn just 72.5% of what working men earn. As my daughter Caroline would put it, that's messed up. No, it's not messed up. It's the product of your daughter Caroline's choices, and she should be free to decide whatever she wants, including uh, more convenient working arrangements that come with the cost of less pay, but come with the benefit of a more flexible lifestyle. So, of course, I jumped in. Why did I do this? I jumped in. And I just I said, can we stop the propaganda? And you're comparing all, all women to all men. That's nonsense. You're not considering any control here. You're not talking about experience, qualification, job, hours worked, any of the variables that would explain variation in pay. All you're talking about is gender, and that's not indicative of discrimination. My big question is, I chose to do YouTube, and I am facing the pay consequences of that, even <laughs> though I enjoy my life more. That's what I chose is enjoyment. And I really enjoy doing this. My friends who went to law school and are, and are lawyers, they're making more money than I am. Is that because I'm being discriminated against? And then, of course, people pounce on me. And I also use the example of a physician. Am I because I'm paid less than a physician? Is that indicative of discrimination? People pounce on me. No, Matt Christensen, you're paid less because you don't have the skills and training of a physician. Oh, yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And then he goes on, nobody is arguing the disparity of pay between different jobs. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I'm trying exactly to explain what it. you're arguing, actually. <laughs> We're discussing the fact that women shouldn't be paid less for the same job that men do. Yes, that's the law. That is the law that that scene you saw at the end of that video where the guy says, hey, you want to start on Monday for 20 percent less than we offer the man? That's illegal. If yeah. that guy does that to you, you've got a lucrative lawsuit, take him to court. Well, I don't know if you can without actually working, but generally speaking, if you can demonstrate yeah. that you were paid less just for being a woman, for doing the same work, lucrative lawsuit time, get in touch with one of my lawyer friends. They'd be happy to help you and make a bunch of money that I am oh, not yeah. entitled to because I'm not a lawyer because I didn't go to law school because <laughs> I made the free choice not to go to law school. <laughs> mm. I, Full circle. I see what you did there. I see <sighs> what you did there. It's so exhausting. Flying Tilt just sent $2 and said, make sure to only give 78% of this to beauty. <laughs> uh, well, that's it's, I. That's all I have on. I, other than just acknowledging how this is, this is the eternal horse. This is the immortal horse. You can beat this horse all you want. These people, oh, I don't know. Maybe I need to sit down with one of these people who believes in this and ask, what is your goal? Because if they would admit my goal is 50, every, every job field, 50% men, 50% women, and exactly even pay split. I would like them to admit that. What is their goal? It's to make them feel better about their own poor life decisions and deficiencies. I don't know. And, and alternatively, what is YouTube's goal? Why are you pushing this propaganda artificially in place of uh, while simultaneously punishing people producing great original content that hurts feelings like Saitan Atheist. Why are you doing that? Your platform, that'll do what you do, but I think it's a terrible decision. I'd advise yeah. against it. Agreed, agreed. Um, so we're already over time. Do you want to talk about the Pepsi ad? I have a quick cut of it, but... Ugh, I don't know. I just could not like get a lady boner for this story this week. I just, I just don't care about <laughs> it. I watched it a few times and I'm like, this is it. Like, uh. yeah. I'll, I'll give it a quick play. My reaction is equally quick as quick as yours. So perhaps we can just do it uh, quickly here. Get rid of this wage gap garbage. Uh, well, let's see. Here's my, so uh, set the context. You've probably all heard uh, Kendall Jenner did this Pepsi ad that We'll just watch it. It pissed off everyone in the social justice circle and a lot of people who aren't as well. It just pissed off everyone. Everyone hated yeah. this. What I will say is that she is perfect looking. Like she might be the hottest woman on the face of the earth. Well, there you go. She has something to fall back on. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's rich, too. I'm said never, but they never done come To call me right away Telling me how to pray Won't let us demonstrate We are the chosen We're gonna shine now of the dark You better know who we are We are the lions We are the chosen movement This generation We are the movement This generation Obligatory hijab see the hijab <laughs> somebody pull that how dare you co-opt the movement are you implying that social justice issues can be solved with a pepsi how dare you profit off of social struggle and the oppressed you know cue the the mob all the garbage you would expect to hear your thoughts oh that's so terrible i like how when they pan out on the crowd it's just like a group of listless multicultural millennials yeah. that have nothing to do they're just like hanging out and like smoking yeah. and making out with each other i'm like yeah that's our worthless generation you really captured it <laughs> pepsi awesome didn't they focus group this? I feel like if I if I were in a focus group, I'd watch that and be like, "You are gonna get fucking eaten alive for this." Who did they show this to before they released this ad? It seemed fairly obvious this was going I, to happen. I don't know. I mean, like I said, there are a lot of. Um, I, I like to th- think there are a few universal rules. One of which is don't try to stop the internet, which is kind of what YouTube <laughs> is doing right now. You're trying yeah. to stop the internet. Don't. Okay, you can't stop them. Saitan's gonna go to mines. Mines will blow up if you don't get your act together. Don't try to stop the internet. Second, don't try to appease social justice warriors. It never I, I works. Made, I did the video last week about Mass Effect and them doing all this garbage in the game to appease the social justice warriors. And it everyone hates it. Loyal fans of the series like me hate it. The social justice warriors hate it. Same thing with this. Don't try to make a socially conscious Pepsi ad that show oh, we refresh those fighting for fighting for the poor, oppressed people. No, they won't. They'll hate it. They'll, they'll hate it. They, there's no, I, I, when I was doing the mass effect video, I thought, when was the last time you heard social justice advocates say, yeah, yeah, this is to my satisfaction. This is good enough. <laughs> that's, that's good work. I like that. Just one time. I want somebody to just one time. It occurred to me. I've never, never heard said. of such a thing. If, if you have an example of them saying, yeah, this is good is good or for example um like anita uh, Anita sarkeesian in feminist frequency with video games she critiques video games from a feminist perspective has there ever been and i'm asking seriously not rhetorically has there ever been a video of hers that said yeah this this game's this game's good from a feminist perspective (laughs) i'm not offended at all if so if so so, i want to see it i do you know that doesn't exist everything's racist everything's sexist. i know i know and it's your job matt to point it all out. And it, yeah, and if uh, Anita Sarkeesian doesn't teach me, Francesca Ramsey will or somebody else. <laughs> and they're all just in their bathtubs of advertiser revenue yeah. while we are, um, we're pinching pennies around here to make this show happen. But we're I know, Matt's glad... drinking Coors. <laughs> I, hey, I've been on Team Coors for a while now, and I've, as I've said, the reason I got off, well, I was never on Bud Light's bandwagon, but if I'll, I'll never drink Bud Light, or at least I'll prefer to avoid it not because the beer is crappy i'll grant you that point but because of the garbage amy schumer seth rogan ads that's fair yeah and because it hurts st louis industry which i'm also fine with (laughs) 
right. Got to get the St. Louis cheap shot in. Okay. <laughs> so easy. God. That's that's all we got. That's all I got. Do you have any uh, other other items to discuss? Uh, sure don't. I think we covered everything. Okie doke. Well, we will close it out there. Um, I want to leave enough time for uh, Jeff Holiday's podcast too, the the YouTube Saints that goes live uh, in 20 minutes. They go after a half hour after us. I watched their show with Blair White last week and enjoyed it. So they're going live um, 20 minutes from now on the, they have their own channel for that. I don't have it linked, but check out the YouTube Saints and Jeff, uh, Jeff Holiday, as I mentioned last week. Good friend of the show, always supports us, our stuff. So if you're itching for more podcast material, that's the place to go. Um, but we are out of here. Uh, please do vote in the River Gibbs uh, straw poll. Should we host him or not? If Blonde says down, I'll, I kind of hope the votes are up. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll make a decision later in the week. Um, thanks, as always, to our live viewers and live chatters. Uh, Shit posting. Wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Stop the music. Did we get super chatters? Yeah, I thanked everyone individually. Okay. Do you have a list? Because I would like to thank them. Um, Boom Baby, Malcolm. Uh, that's all I got on my list. Okay. Well, but there were there were a few more. But I but I thanked them all in the live chat. Thank you. Live super chat chatters super deserve chatters. deserve a shout out. So I we'll... will only take seventy eight cents from every dollar donated. <laughs> right. We have to uphold the patriarchy around here. Okay. Thank you to our super chatters uh, as well as just our normal regular chatters. Uh, who are always shitposting way keeping us honest. We appreciate it. If you're listening on YouTube or in an audio platform on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. There is more of the show on the audio platforms. They are linked in the description conveniently for you. iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can probably find us at least today until we're banned. Um, you can tell us how much we suck and everything we got wrong and how fake our news is. That is beauty in the beta at gmail.com. We will be back next Sunday unless our channels are terminated because sorry, Chuck Todd. <laughs> if it's... Uh, wait, where'd the music go? Uh-oh. <laughs> now I, I lost the... All right. Thanks for ruining my production, YouTube. I, I rip on YouTube and then the, ho the, the host of the music uh, cuts out. All right, there we go. Wait, wait, wait. That's too early. We need this to be good. <laughs> We need to do the Chuck Todd line right. If it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is Beauty and the Beta. We'll catch you then, I hope, if we're not banned. See ya. Thanks, guys. Bye.